0: This week on The Startup Life.
1: So I would check Choose901, I would check I Love Memphis blog, and i say, hey, there's this cool festival coming up. I just wanted to send you the information. A simple email every two months just randomly to somebody, that keeps you on their mind.
0: All right, startup nation. So let's take flight with Cynthia Daniels, chief event strategist of Cynthia Daniels and Company. The startup life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the <laughs> Oh, this new crazy mother. Hey Startup Nation, do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look and Making Money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got my my homie in the building today, Miss Cynthia Daniels. What's going on, CD? Oh, man, happy to be here. Absolutely. You ready to pour some knowledge into Startup Nation today?
1: I am super excited to share. All uh, right. I hope they learn from my mistakes. All uh, right.
0: <laughs> I hear that. So let's get into it. So what's your story behind what you do being an entrepreneur in your company?
1: Sure, sure. So interestingly enough, I have an HR background. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no desire to be an entrepreneur. It was nowhere in my DNA. I just wanted to live that American dream, right? I knew that. To go to school, get my degrees, work that dream. And like Kanye <laughs> says, sometimes those degrees are just a piece of paper. Right. I ended up getting laid off in 2008. Uh, I was living in Atlanta at the time um and after about a year of not being able to find employment just decided to relocate move to Memphis Tennessee again mm-hmm. seeking the american dream I seeking that. that hr position And uh, I got that job very quickly upon moving here. But what I realized, the makeup of Memphis really didn't match what I was used to. Growing up in Atlanta, um, I was just used to seeing um, the black middle class thriving, used to seeing black entrepreneurs. And it was just something I really, I didn't know I was really paying attention to. But it was something I expected when I moved to Memphis. So when I really didn't see that, I wanted to figure out how I could just help. Uh, from a volunteer standpoint gotcha. you know helping entrepreneurs everybody always needs help so I just helped uh, different nonprofits help small black businesses and a really good friend of mine chef friend Mosley uh, mm-hmm. she opened up HM dessert lounge and again right. me volunteering you know how can I help help the social media and there was just something about being in a business firsthand and seeing um, you know the impact that it makes you know, somebody taking something from nothing and empowering other people in the community. And she happened to just empower me as well. I hear that. Um, So again, uh, me expecting there to be really nice events for the city, something for young professionals. I decided to take that leap and say, you know what? I want to do something about that community that's not being served.
0: I hear that. Great stuff. Tell Chef Fran I've been trying to get her on the show, and she be dodging me. Yeah, she be dodging me. I am like, (laughs) Chef Fran, come on the show. Like, she never responds. You know, she just released her fall menu. Yeah, I know. She got those chicken nachos. I'm trying to get to that. Chicken nachos. The stuff she comes up with, boy, I swear. It's like, man. Right, right. Because I I recently went and had her, uh, her, uh, what was it, the uh, strawberry brownie. Oh, life hey Ain't it though?
1: Right? Mine is a sweet <laughs> potato
0: brownie. Gotcha. That's why I
1: actually started volunteering. tea and I say, pay me a brownie. They're really <laughs> good.
0: I got you. Oh yeah, I hear that. So let me ask you this: What was your first business idea? Was this the first one, or did you have something before what you have now?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna make you laugh. This okay. is technically not a business, but this when I when I look back at my life, mm-hmm. that hustle, that entrepreneur was always in my DNA. I hear that. So I'm gonna take you back to my freshman year of college, right. uh, Alabama and m University, and obviously when you're in college, you're allowed it, uh, three meals a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and you eating dinner at five o'clock, you're hungry at eight, and <laughs> so I'm sitting up one night with my roommate thinking, you know, we're always hungry. We don't have cars. We got to figure out a way to make some money, right? So mm-hmm. we can go get us some, you know, TGI Friday's, chili <laughs> gotcha. and whatnot, crazy. Right. And so I got this idea of selling hot dogs to the guys. And we would go to the boys' dorms. We would make like 100 hot dogs, you know, a pack of hot dogs, about 50 cents, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the <laughs> buns. And so we were just making a really... Big profit, right? Selling hot dogs. We did it for like a month straight. You know, we thought we were balling. You know, we all walked away (laughs) with about $500. So that was kind of just that DNA in my my past and then doing Avon and Mary Kay. So I think I've always enjoyed selling and and um take notes of other people's business model but um the event planning really again didn't take place until i moved to memphis gotcha okay (laughs)
0: that's what's up well let me ask you this who or what inspires you as an entrepreneur and why
1: wow that's a it's a loaded question (laughs) um but i'm gonna go um a little cliche and go with oprah okay right oprah does not have the conventional story of an entrepreneur she was fired very early in her career. She didn't have the look for TV and journalism. Mm -hmm. Um, She had a lot of disappointments in life, but she always knew what she wanted to do. You know, having her own network now, creating her own movies. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, filling that void of what's not there. She says, you know what? I'll buy the rights of it, and I'll do it myself. So that that
0: really is inspiring to me. I hear that. What do you wish you would have known before you started your company? (laughs) 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 Or before you delve into the life of an entrepreneur?
1: You know, um... I think having a team is important okay. when you become an entrepreneur. Obviously, you're supposed to be the CEO of your company or creator of your destiny, but you do want to at least have a solid team. You want to have that lawyer and accountant in place mm-hmm. um, just because I've learned some things on the back end with not having those people in place, but
0: I would advise that to anybody. Gotcha. What did you learn from the worst boss you've ever had? <laughs> I know you've had a bad boss. I had a, let me tell you. <laughs> you better break it down.
1: Um... Another reason I kind of knew entrepreneurship was on the horizon, I've had an interesting career path in Memphis. Okay. You know, again, started in, in HR, then I jumped into nonprofit. And I found myself in my last few positions, I would just have that moment of clarity and say, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving today. Mm-hmm. It's not the most professional thing to do, but there's that, that breaking point. And I think for me, I wouldn't say worst boss, but um, just a situation where I felt that, there was no real structure, I hear there that. were no expectations for me, but when you needed something, you, you, um, hmm, trying to do it in such a politically <laughs> right, correct way. Um, it's okay. It's, it's important how you talk to people.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's,
1: that's the point I'm trying to make. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm, I'm an adult like you're an adult. So mm. yes, you're, you're my senior. This is the company I work for you, but you don't have to insult me to get something done correctly. So gotcha. when you have enough of that, you know, you, you reach your breaking point of, you know what, I'm, I'm out. And it's always taught me, um, even even if you're not happy with the person's um, work ethics or if you don't like the way they did a report, mm-hmm. there's a way to say it without um, you know making them feel
0: smaller. I hear that. Yeah, I hear that. Follow up real quick okay. because we have a lot of times when people who start companies mm-hmm. or are in senior management or something like that, mm-hmm. and they have this misconception like in order to be a good senior manager or a good CEO, you have mm-hmm. to be tough. And you have to be, right. like, like you know, grind <laughs> the person. to. Where do you think that comes from?
1: You know, I don't know. I think it's this this uh, facade that we have that, you know, once you make it to a certain position, you just have to talk to people a certain way or you look down at them or you made right. it and they're like a peon, right, on, right. The, on the food chain. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's how you motivate people. I do you that. really take the time to learn their strengths and weaknesses? How do you help build them? How do you groom them for the next position? And I think a lot of
0: people don't, don't even care enough to do that. Gotcha. Got to coach them up instead of tear them down. There you go. Gotta <laughs> coach them up. I hear that. How do you market or advertise? Is, is it word of mouth work mm-hmm. best? Social media what works best for you? Social media. Mm-hmm. That's the most
1: beautiful thing. Shout out to Mark <laughs> Zuckerberg. I know you would never ever hear this, but Facebook really <laughs> helped to launch my career. Unknowingly, um, mm. you know, really creating a brand as I'm doing air quotes, not even knowing what branding was at the time, but. Um, when I started doing events for uh, other nonprofits, that was the way to get it out. You know, right. I, again, I think in my college days, college days for me were late 90s, early 2000s. That's mm-hmm. when you did the flyers. You you right. you go, you make a dope flyer, you <laughs> print out about 100 copies, you tape it up everywhere, you put it on people's cars. So obviously, uh, I would say I started tinkering with the events in 2012. And so I would just share it on Facebook, invite everybody on my friends list, and I tell you, um, I was doing mixes at the time at the Westin
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I probably had two thousand Facebook friends in Memphis. I literally every month would invite two thousand Facebook friends. Wow. And it would get to the point, after like the third or fourth one in the row, they were like, I had to meet this Cynthia Daniels who keeps <laughs> inviting me <laughs> right. to these events. It didn't right. cost me anything. It just cost me a little bit of time. Right. Absolutely. Um, but again, um, Social media, Facebook has really helped my business, and you—you you know, Instagram. That was an addition. I haven't really tinkered with Snapchat. I think that's purely social. Mm-hmm. Um, but Instagram and Facebook—that's my bread and butter. Got you. Yeah. I hear that. What did you learn from your biggest failure? Mm. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Okay, is there a Um, story there? (laughs) (laughs) There is. I am very much a visionary. Um, I I would think that what really propelled me into entrepreneurship was doing the Black Restaurant Week. I hear that. So I went from launching Memphis Black Restaurant Week in 2006, one city, Mm -hmm. to 10 gotcha cities in Mm -hmm.
0: 2017 crazy
1: i had a great strategy Mm -hmm. right i had kind of like a sales lead in every city everybody go out these are your restaurants i've done the research it was almost like um I would say selling uh, Girl Scout cookies. I I got the product. Here's the brochure. Here's the handbook. Go do it. Right. Um, But what I didn't think about was the DNA of the business owners in a particular city. Even though I had data from Memphis to say it was successful, at a minimum, people quadrupled their businesses. Um, And even though I got community leaders to act as my sales team, it still wasn't enough. Gotcha. Um, I hear that. Our culture, the interesting culture. Ain't it, though? It is so (laughs) interesting. And and what I will say to anybody listening out there, if you're interested in becoming a uh, restaurant consultant in the black community, that's a much-needed position. Interesting. Um, Because what I've learned, a lot of restaurant owners, they take their savings, they put it in their business, which I I applaud anybody that does that. Mm -hmm. But there's sometimes not that next plan of how do we advertise, how do we invest additional dollars into getting um, people to come to our restaurant outside of word of mouth. Right. And what I found in those nine other cities, they relied on word of mouth. So they were very hesitant to the idea. Mm -hmm. It it took a lot of convincing. I bet. Um, And then, of course, once we get the restaurants on board, then you got to convince the city, "Hey, let's all unite, support this Black uh, Restaurant Week." So right. it was, it was a lot to try to manage with a full-time job. Of course, on top of that. Right. So I think if I would have done, you know, one city, then two cities, then three cities,
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of trying to just go all in. But I'm, I'm a big idea person.
0: I got you. I um, got you. And
1: again, it helped me remember everybody doesn't think like me. And I have to be a little bit more meticulous in the decisions I make um, when I'm going outside of my market.
0: Gotcha. Well, let me <laughs> ask you a follow-up. Because mm-hmm. you, you, you say that everybody doesn't think like you. You're like a big visionary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But how do you how are you able to, and I guess it was a you know proof of concept when you had to kind of sell the idea to the restaurants sure. in the first place. How are you able to convince them, like, this is a good idea. Like, you want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. this would be beneficial for all involved. Absolutely.
1: Um, And honestly, Memphis was not an easy market either.
0: I've been uh, born and raised in this city. I absolutely know. And I'll
1: tell anybody, uh, to start up Nation, Mm -hmm. um, you have to be prepared for backlash in your community. I hear that. Um, When I went out and talked to restaurant owners again, I'm selling... Uh, I'm Cynthia Daniels. I'm this transparent from Atlanta, but I absolutely love Memphis. I want Memphis to succeed. I want us to have amazing businesses, and I believe that this idea would work because we support local. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we support black restaurants for one entire week? I hear that. And in presenting this information, a lot of restaurants actually said to me they didn't really want to be known as black-owned. Can you imagine (laughs) my disbelief Mm -hmm. in hearing that? Here I am, this person, I'm creating a platform for you to get exposure in our community, not really asking for much. I'm just asking for you to believe enough of me to allow me to um, put you on this platform with right. uh, additional restaurants. And a lot of people just felt like, you know what, if I do that, that's going to hinder my business or it's going to scare other people off. Right. And the ironic thing was that I was able to get eight businesses to believe in the actual um uh, marketing plan, mm-hmm. and they saw the most diverse customers ever.
0: Absolutely, we saw
1: <laughs> Asians, isn't Hispanics. That <laughs> we diversified. Right. During isn't that, that ironic? Week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for me, I could have easily given up when I got those no's. I, I got a lot of backlash just from my community. I'm not even going to talk about the others. Right. I'm going to talk about my community and saying, "Well, you know, this res- this restaurant isn't on your list. They're not participating. I don't think you did it right." Well, well number one. If you don't like what I'm doing, I I, I encourage you, <laughs> please do it. Right. I have no problem, sharing. There, there's enough uh, business in Memphis for everybody to even come out to do the exact same Absolutely. thing and we Absolutely. all win. Um, but for me to be able to get those restaurants to say, you know what, I believe in the vision, let's do it. Um, and I remember this was March 7th through 13th of 2016. I started mm-hmm. promoting around MLK Holiday. I just right. felt like it was synonymous with this Poor People's Campaign I and what that. he believed in. I hear that. When I tell you, people were going in January to say, oh, my gosh, I never heard of HM Lounge. Oh, my gosh, I never mm-hmm. heard of Martinez," They were going that day. So I knew it was going to be something right. special. And they immediately said, you know what, we're excited. Office at Uptown which they uh, typically open from uh, 7 to 4. Mm-hmm. People were driving from East Memphis just to get to Office at Uptown. Wow. You know, so before the week even happened, mm-hmm. I knew it was something special, but unfortunately other restaurant owners really didn't see the value.
0: In it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, and uh, to go back to something you said earlier when you talked about uh, – being a restaurant consultant that can be quite lucrative Mm -hmm. for uh restaurants here in the city but Mm -hmm. also abroad as well you're absolutely right because i know a lot of restaurant startups don't understand that like restaurants really are like a a razor thin margin business like nickel and dime like there 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 isn't like you know if if you're thinking you're gonna make a hundred (laughs) thousand dollars the first day you open a restaurant i'm sorry Uh like you're gonna be in for a world of hurt right and so i'm glad you mentioned that
1: yeah And I'll say, even for me, right, so I'm an event planner. Mm -hmm. I was able to make mistakes early on. Um, I'm not investing a lot of money into my business on the front end, but with the restaurant, when it's brick and mortar, Mm -hmm. that's very risky. And then again, once you're Doors are open. How do you keep that residual flow of traffic coming in? I've met a lot of restaurant owners, a lot of them don't have business experience. They are the best chefs in their uh, Mm -hmm. family. They're like, you know what? We need to open up a restaurant. Right. But you need to talk to people, you need to survey. We have Epicenter, we have, um, you know, the city of Memphis has the uh, Office of Diversity and Compliance. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you're using resources too on the front end before you open up. Restaurants. That's just again me from the outside. Absolutely no.
0: That that's conventional wisdom. And yeah. And not, and like you said, now you know you're a great chef and you make some of the most amazing dishes we've ever seen. Yeah. But like not having that business sense, like you're not re- charging
1: people at the house. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know. And, exactly. and again, for me, I even mentored with event planners once okay. I really knew I was serious about it. So I would love um, anyone who who has an interest in consulting consider um, you know working with black restaurants. I hear
0: that. Let me. Ask you this so we know as entrepreneurs we're always engaged in professional development of some type, Listen mm-hmm. to podcasts, reading sure. books. What does that mean to you, and what are you learning right now?
1: Mm. You know what? Um, I, <laughs> I'm a busy person and I have a ton of books that I've gotten. Uh, my favorite is uh, The 10x Life, but I hear that I do a lot of audiobooks right now, okay? At least while I'm in my car going gotcha. from one meeting to the next, mm-hmm. I try to listen. Um, to something that's going to benefit me and and motivate me and just keep me uh, uplifted. I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. Even podcasts. I know that's the thing. That's why I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Um, But I'm even going to start to delve a little bit more into podcasts. Because, you know, with with what's on the radio now, you might as well take the time to invest in yourself versus (laughs) listening to this. Was it mumble rap, trap music? I don't don't know. I don't know what that is. It takes away brain cells. (laughs) I'd much rather listen to that in my car. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair
0: <laughs> enough. Now, let me ask you this. Now, I know, you know, Alabama A&M grad, you know, mm-hmm. HBCU. Oh, yeah. Um, some say uh, entrepreneurs need some type of form of education to be successful. Some people just say, I need work mm-hmm. ethic and a dream. So mm. where do you stand on that regard?
1: That is a, ooh, <laughs> interesting question. And I think about, you know, if I do ever have kids, what would I instill I in them? I hear that. I think this world has changed so much. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that in our day, you know, I I, I graduated high school in 1998. 98, mm-hmm. a high school diploma wasn't enough. You had to have a college degree. Right. But somewhere in you know the economic downfall in 2008, a degree was just another piece of paper. You mm-hmm. know that's that's how I felt. Right. You know, not being able to find something with two degrees. Right. right? A master's and a bachelor. Mm-hmm. So I think the the maturity's not there. Gotcha. I will say okay. you do need to at least go to college and get a general degree because gotcha. when you're 18, although if you can go to a McDonald's or Chick Fil A, you can franchise the heck out of it mm-hmm. by the time you're 22. Right. But in college, <laughs> you get a lot of life skills. You do. You do. Um, so even if your degree doesn't apply to the the career you want to start, it can still help. Instill some foundational ethics in you, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when I look at the Chick Fil A track, like wow, <laughs> what if I would have went there right after I graduated? Right. What could I be doing now at thirty-seven I hear versus that. just launching my career? I hear so, that. It, it can go both ways for me. I don't know. Can I answer that? No, way? you absolutely okay. can. You can you,
0: your answer, you absolutely can. Because okay. you know, we we have many people who say you must go to college. And right. Some people say you know. Nah, no, why do that? It's just a piece of paper. Yeah. And I, I think is and, and you brought up an interesting point when you talk about the economic downturn. I think yeah. a lot of us who had that coming of age yeah. during the economic downturn, yeah. that's why we're kinda like before then it was like you were told you go to go to you finish high school, go to, to college, right. you know, get a master's degree, right. Right? right? And then after that you start people seeing start seeing people who had those degrees yeah. who were still losing jobs. And so you was like well, damn! <laughs> like, <laughs> what am, I supposed, what to am do? I supposed to do? I've been told this all my Man, life, and now I'm seeing this, and I'm so no, you. so no. That's why you know your your answer is a very acceptable one.
1: Well, thank you, thank you. And I tell you, <laughs> I remember that year from 08 to 09 This mm-hmm. is when career builder and monster yes. were the thing. So I'm uploading resumes into thin air. I don't mm-hmm. know what's happening. So I don't even know what the generation now do. They even use uh, those. To find job, right. already on LinkedIn. I don't even know what it's like in this market. Well, it,
0: it's funny you mention that because now you can start applying for jobs through Snapchat. No. Yes. No, I've never even been on Snapchat. That's a thing, right? So it's like I think it's a situation where <laughs> like you upload a uh, like a picture and like you know very Should've. basic information. Like yeah. I think Wendy's really? started it, and I think maybe Burger King.
1: That's kind of brilliant, don't quote me on
0: that startup nation, but I do know they like. That's kinda uh, brilliant. Yeah, like you they've started having a situation where you can apply for jobs through Snapchat. <laughs> wow. That's the that's the that's the generation we live in. Now. I mean crazy. that's the you know the area we live in now. Yeah, okay. But, uh <laughs> last question before we go to break. What does your average day look like from from sun up to sundown? Oh, what does wow. that look like? And then we'll go to break. The
1: real day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're up at four AM. I hear that. So from four to eight, I feel like that's my time to um, well, one, meditate. Mm-hmm. I meditate for about 30 minutes. Just, you know, clear my mind because it, it can be so jumbled right. when you're, when oh, yeah. you're uh, the, the the head of your business and you got family and you want to have personal life. I mean, I wake up sometimes and I just have a million things in my mind. So mm-hmm. first, clear my mind, um, exercise. Then I check emails. I'll check emails around 6 o'clock in the morning just to make sure I can clear everything that's pressing. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of categorize them what's important, what can wait, what needs to happen now. Yeah. 8 o'clock, that's when the rest of the world is kind of up. you know. <laughs> so that's when I'm you know, trying to make those calls, have meetings. Um, obviously, around 11 or 12, that's when I, I try to have lunch. I'll, I'll talk about today, as a matter of fact. Um, so obviously, I, I got an opportunity to be here with Startup Nation. Which is uh, awesome, by the way. Right. Which is awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Um, I have two events coming up next Friday, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm meeting with a lot of different panelists, making sure they're on board. Um, you know, dotting cross and T's. Networking events, it's very important to network. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to stay relevant. You have to know who's who in the community. Uh, sponsorship is a big part of my business, so I right. want to make sure I'm, I'm showing my face in the right places, advertising where I need to. So I'll be going to three different uh, events tonight. Um, wow. Probably, yeah. <laughs> probably get home around nine. Check emails again. I've I've been um, cognizant not to check emails constantly throughout the day because mm-hmm. they can distract you.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um,
1: probably do more work from about nine to eleven. Maybe get in about thirty minutes of you know checking my voicemails mm-hmm. <laughs> that I missed, and then I lay it down around midnight. Gotcha. But
0: that's my day. That's your day. Yeah. Right. That's what's up. It's a long day. <laughs> yeah. All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a break. How do you like being on a Startup Life so far? I
1: love it. Can I come back again tomorrow? Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> you're always welcome. You're Thank always welcome. You. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're getting great value from today's episode. Cynthia's dropping some great nuggets, but we got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. to level up then join my good friend Cynthia Daniels at her level up conference October 13th and 14th at the Hilton Memphis 949 Ridge Lake Boulevard here in Memphis Tennessee the level up conference is a unique conference that brings together 44 speakers 12 dynamic panels and a game-changing information spread over four tracks that will take your business career and personal life to the next level benefits of attending the level up conference include information to improve your company's marketing branding social media strategies, team development, business planning, and so much more. During the conference, attendees will be immersed in a high-impact program featuring an informative keynote speaker, Michael Ferreira, who will share actionable strategies on how to build and grow your business. The event will also feature 12 interactive panel discussions with successful minority and women entrepreneurs, and the opportunity to network with inspiring leaders and entrepreneurs across this great city. Startup Nation, Cynthia has been nice enough to provide us with a very special promo code for forty dollar discount to attend go to www.level17.eventbrite.com and enter the promo code startup for startup nation the promo code is only good for the first five people to register and the deadline is october 12th luckily for you i've provided the link check the show notes for details all right startup nation so let's continue so before we get back into the questions like i i know that like you know i have come to realize that like if you're new to Memphis mm-hmm. and you're trying to start a business, mm-hmm. the first person you need to contact is Cynthia Daniels. What? That, that's what I <laughs> because the thing is, like, you see Cynthia Daniels on the Memphis Business oh Journal God. and she's all on Facebook, and like, everybody's like, Man, you gotta go meet Cynthia Danfield. <laughs> I say that to say that, like, clearly networking is like a big thing for you and very like it, and it's been b- very beneficial,
1: yeah.
0: Um, Explain how you view networking and Mm -hmm. why more entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs should engage in networking.
1: Okay. Well, first, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Okay. Because we are, (laughs) you know, we're we're having a a moment. You know, I'm here with the Startup Nation. I'm an introvert. What? I am (laughs) very shy, very introverted. And I'm going to tell you, I moved to Memphis in 2009, Mm -hmm. knew one person. Got you. That is very difficult in itself. So here I am, this transplant in this new city, and I knew I had to make it here. Obviously, when you're in college, you got mm-hmm. an immediate network of people, you got roommates, sleepmates, so on and so on. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, how am I going to make it in this city? Right. I went to the Whitehaven Library okay. and I checked out books on networking. What? I read <laughs> books on how to network.
0: Gotcha.
1: Um, so what I learned um, how to ask open-ended questions, mm-hmm. right? During this time I also discovered a Memphis Flyer. I think I some kind of way, again, I'm in Whitehaven and I stumbled across uh, Midtown and gotcha. I progress my store. You know, that's where we go in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I saw the Memphis Flyer, so I would circle events every week and I would say I'm going to two events this week. I hear that. Not knowing anybody. Okay. You know how difficult that is? I can
0: only imagine (laughs) for an introvert. (laughs) For an introvert. (laughs) I can only imagine. So
1: I you know I took all this information I learned in the books and I would challenge myself when I would go to a networking event back then I would say okay I'm going to talk to two people tonight and then I would say one person I would try to close it in, in exchange information to say, hey, I'd love to go to coffee, love to go to brunch, mm-hmm. but if I was able to at least just meet two people and walk up to them and say, hey, what brought you out tonight? Like, that was my hot question. Because right. you can't tell me yes or no. You have to tell me mm-hmm. why you're here. Absolutely. You know, and then the conversations would go from there. So, obviously, I would try to diversify uh, the type of people I would talk to. Okay, a man, a woman, you know, African American, Caucasian, just, really challenging myself making right. it like a like a game mm-hmm. you know and then after about a year of doing that it became natural I hear that right To get good mm-hmm. at it and so for me I was more intentional um the later years in Memphis to finding people that looked like me and so finding out where the other young professionals were where were the social events where were the non-profit events and just really having those kind of conversations gotcha. so um me now being an entrepreneur was important Um, And what you don't want to do, you don't want to be that person just giving out cars. That's the worst I know of one person. (laughs) Um, You know, it was kind of like a car salesman. Mm -hmm. And when I see him out, it was like, hey, here's my car, here's my car. You don't even know anybody's name. So what I've learned um, from, from those mistakes and just... Um, the importance of building a genuine conversation. You know, I even remember when you and I met. Mm-hmm. We met, um, it was like an a entrepreneur workshop.
0: It was. And it so was. we just
1: exchanged cards. We emailed each other. I wanted to, number one, know what you did. And Absolutely. I wanted to figure out how we could work together. Mm-hmm. So there was that genuine um, connection, I think, maybe two years ago. Right. So just really, you It was you know, two
0: years ago. Yep. We met, uh, we met uh, Melinda Emerson. At the
1: That's
0: uh, right. At the, uh, um, Renaissance. Yes.
1: Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, even if you, I've gotten to the point where I can remember things about people, but mm-hmm. I would, you know, say, okay, you know, you work with kids, you're tutoring. I would have written that on the back of your card. Right. And sent a follow-up email to keep the connection going. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also taken a point to do Google Alerts. Mm-hmm. So if I know you like podcasts, you want to know a podcast about cooking. If there's a new one coming out, hey, Dominic, you got to check this out. Okay. So just really making it where um, it's beneficial. So when I network with people, I'm not trying to look for something right. Right then and there, I think that's what people do. Ooh, and that's the word. I
0: was going to ask you that because a lot of times, you know, and you you've seen this time and time yeah, again. Not, yeah. You know, it's besides the whole you know pass now business card like sure, flyers. Sure. But also that whole <laughs> uh, they come to you, they come mm-hmm. to the networking event. It's all yeah. about like, okay, what can you do for me? Like, you're like, bro, like I don't, I don't know, know you. you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can we build a genuine right. relationship? And I'll tell you now, as an entrepreneur, people that I met. Four or five years ago, mm-hmm. I'm finding ways that they can help my company now. Right. So just imagine if I were to turn right. them off immediately. So, you know, do y'all mm-hmm. company give out money? You know, like, <laughs> how much money can I get from you? Right. Or, you know, who's the most important person in your company? That just turns people off immediately. Absolutely. So Absolutely. now all of those relationships where I genuinely look out for people. And, and honestly, another thing that I do. Um, you may not have anything to talk to these people about or mm-hmm. network or, or stay connected. I'm really big on telling people about cool stuff in Memphis. I hear that. So I would check Choose901, mm-hmm. I would check I Love Memphis blog, and I say, hey, there's this cool festival coming up. I just wanted to send you the information. A simple email every two months, just randomly to somebody, that keeps you on their mind. Right. You know, and they're like, oh my God, they told me about this cool festival, had a good time, so now mm-hmm. there's a good association with your name. Right. So again, networking doesn't have to be I send an email at night and we got to meet the next week. No, it can be genuinely, you know what, I met this school person, just want to stay connected with them and then you never know what can come from that and they may turn around email you and say, you know what, had a great time, let's connect, let's figure out how we can do X, Y, and Z. So
0: that's, how networking works I mean it's just very organic absolutely yeah. and also understand startup nation like stop looking for instant gratification <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're like yes. if, if you can get that great but like most of the time that's not gonna it's, it's not gonna work it's out not that
1: gonna way fly. it's not no. gonna work out that way never
0: absolutely so let me ask you this what's the uh, the best and worst piece of advice you've ever got best
1: and the worst of, and I knew I knew you were gonna ask these <laughs> questions but in the moment you know your answers change right the best advice is be true to yourself. I hear that. Um, you know, in my case, the things that I create have really never been done before in mm-hmm. the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And but those visions are so strong I know that they're gonna be successful and I have a lot of people that, you know Memphis ain't <laughs> gonna come out to that. They're not gonna support that. <laughs> right. Nah, that's too much. You do you doing too much. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I know the vision that I have are from God, and I know that it's gonna benefit my peers. And time and time again, that's been true. So, you know, I I actually, I read a quote this morning. They were talking about Rihanna. Rihanna has this fenty makeup. Mm -hmm. And it said, you know, what if Rihanna decided, well, other people have makeup, I don't need to do it. Well, she's rocking it out right now, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing, I don't, I can't focus on what everybody else is doing. So be true to yourself. Absolutely. The worst piece of advice, don't don't worry about filing taxes. Hey, I, what? Who told you that? <laughs> I don't tell you. I don't, they, they don't even worry about that. People are not gonna really know. And, you know, I when it comes to money and the government, nah. <laughs> you right. know, I may not have made a lot of money, but if I owe them something, I'm gonna owe them something. Right. Let me tell you. Um, was it Al Capone that was? Uh, taking the Alcatraz finally because of Ooh, uh, tax-, t- tax evasion. because right, they couldn't
0: get them on nothing else. They had to get them right. on tax evasion, right? And
1: when I think, you know, Wesley Snipes or a couple other people, <laughs> right. I mean, y'all know.
0: Right.
1: Um, I'm not trying to be on that list. Right. So that is the worst advice. No, get them accountants in order and file your taxes.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of weird because, like, if, if they're saying, like, you know, don't worry about filing taxes, mm-hmm. it, it's almost kind of like, you know, discouraging from doing it in the first place, right? Because like they figure, like, maybe you know you'll never get big enough to file taxes anyway so why even bother right so that, that, right. that that's that and, sucks. And,
1: but i but t- true but <laughs> i also think they were just saying that's more money you have to spend so don't worry about it i think <laughs> they oh, nice. may have been a little genuine but it was terrible advice <laughs> right to me. right <laughs>
0: Okay. Let me ask you this. What's a uh, What do you think is a popular misconception about business, about starting a business, at least? Oh, that is just, um, that is glamorous. <laughs> I mean,
1: you know, we live in a social media society, so of course business owners show you the right. pretty parts right. of being a business Absolutely. owner. Um, it gets real ugly. Mm. And a lot of uh, negative things can come out about you. A lot of people can perceive you in a different way. So you just have to have a strong belief in yourself uh, when you're a business owner to not let that outside noise uh,
0: distract you and get to you. Right. How did you come up with the idea of the concept for your business? Mm.
1: Well, again, for me... um, I began event planning because I just saw a, a, a need to create cool things for the African American professionals I in Memphis. That. Um, again, in Atlanta, what I pretty much do is the norm: to have the cool mixers at all the cool uh, restaurants, to have, a, you know, not necessarily a restaurant week, mm-hmm. but to highlight Black businesses in the community, um, to even uh, do this 40 under 40, urbanly professionals. Mm-hmm. I mean, a black tie gala for young people? Why? Why is that a myth here? right why is that the unknown in in the 21st century whereas this is happening all across the country Mm -hmm. you know so that's where the event planning came from it came from a place of creating what was needed and now i I, I have the blessing of uh big institutions reaching out to me Mm -hmm. i actually just did an outdoor concert series with the national civil rights museum right um you know millennials the buzzword now Mm -hmm. you know how can we attract millennials so i you know what i know how to do that i've been even planning (laughs) right and so now i'm in this new space right and and i pitched to them you know why can't we have our own outdoor concert festival like you guys have the space let's use it in a unique way i hear that and so now other organizations are like hey Cynthia, what what can we do over here so it's pretty cool to see even my business evolve from just creating for african-american young professionals to creating what's cool what's hip what's now Mm
0: I hear that. And you know, I hear in that a a great advice point as Mm -hmm. far as like maximizing the resources you already have like yes. you got this space why yeah. not use it so Absolutely. no thank you for sharing that you have any employees i do not you do not i, I okay. they're coming and okay.
1: company is coming okay i'm putting that in the atmosphere i hear um, that i hear that i am uh, mentoring a lot of aspiring event planners so okay. they're very uh crucial to my business now and they help me kind of hands-on at my events so.
0: gotcha gotcha yeah. well l- let me ask you this like even with those Individuals, or Mm -hmm. like when you do decide to hire somebody like full time or part time, whatever the case may be, uh, what would you look for in an ideal employee? Someone who is very organized. Okay. Um,
1: (laughs) Even though I write my days out to the T, there are always going to be curveballs, things that, mm-hmm. you know, take priority over other things. So someone who can who can keep up with me and can be organized and, and um, be very professional, too. I, you have to know how to turn it on and off.
0: I hear that. You know. I hear that. that. I, I definitely know what you mean by yeah. that. But, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. And, and this is... Uh, kind of a personal question for me. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you came here from Atlanta. Right. And, and clearly you saw something in Memphis mm-hmm. that is great. Yeah. But we do have a lot of people who are natives, like myself, that's and they, they decide to go... Away. Away. Yeah. Nashville, Atlanta, yeah. if you will, wherever the <laughs> case may be. What is it about Memphis that's like, uh, you know what, mm. I can build something special here?
1: You know, honestly, that's a great question, number one. The makeup of the people here are so genuine and mm-hmm. so welcoming and... I I never experienced that, you know, I I only lived in Atlanta and I lived in Huntsville, Alabama, and I just felt like there was this pride here. When mm-hmm. I moved here and I you know, I needed help navigating the city, people were always open into sharing, you know, go to this place, this place. And, and they knew the, the owners. People know each mm-hmm. other. It's a very—
0: uh, It's a big, small city.
1: It's a big, small city. <laughs> and, like, I say it's like a Mayberry sometimes. <laughs> gotcha. But people really do genuinely like each other and want to help each other. And so mm-hmm. many people were open to helping me navigate the city when I first moved here. I hear that. Um, so I saw beauty in that. And, of course, you know, people are going to complain there's nothing to do in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I hate it here, blah, blah, blah. And, again, you had Choose 901. You had the I Love Memphis blog. So I felt like in that space, they were able to to showcase what was new and hip and cool in the city. Why can't I create something just as cool for people that are my peers. I hear that. So that's where that came. Again, going to Atlanta is the norm. D.C. is the norm. So what I do here is special to Memphis
0: because it's just room for opportunity. Right. And you can create whatever you want to create I hear that. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have
0: you ever had to turn down a client before? I have. Okay. Can I you tell have. us a story? You don't have to tell us names, but can you tell us a story?
1: I can. Okay. And you know what saying? All all money is not good money. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, you want all the money. Right, exactly. <laughs> you got to get paid. <laughs> right. But, you know, in a space where I'm learning about... Um, creating things for millennials with certain institutions, I find that they're very stuck in their ways. Mm. And I, I just felt like with this particular client, with every idea that I had, you know, they pretty much shot it down. No, that's not gonna work, that's not gonna work. I'd rather you do this. And I felt like it was still very antiquated. It really wouldn't, mm. gotcha. it wouldn't go along well. Right. Um, and so I just decided after about two weeks of working with them, this is just not gonna work. I don't have joy. working with this client because they're not open to change even though they're quote-unquote hiring me for change.
0: Gotcha. So when it's just not... It's crazy how that works, ain't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I am the expert. Let me do my job. So
1: when you want to you know micromanage me coming out the gate when you're not allowing me to be my my full authentic self as mm-hmm. the person you hired me to be right I can tell this is not going to be a good fit so I, again after about two weeks I knew with one client no gotcha how did you let them down you had a very conver- very <laughs> uh, organic conversation mm-hmm. um, very transparent I've learned to at, at my age and with being an entrepreneur, I mean, it's like a relationship right? you know you don't want to lead anybody on and then just disappear you right. want to be able to sit down and say you know what <laughs> what's the thing it's not you it's me right. but no <laughs> right. but I said you know what I just don't think this is a good fit right. this is how I operate this is how you operate and I don't think um, we're going to have the outcome that you're looking for. Gotcha. And that was just kind of how it ended. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool.
0: Cool. If you had one piece of advice to give someone who's just starting out on their business, what would they be? Because there's a lot of people who are on the cuff and they want to start, mm-hmm. right? But there's like, I don't know how, or mm-hmm. they have started, like, mm-hmm. man, I don't think I should have did this.
1: Yeah. So here's here's a very long answer to that
0: question. Okay.
1: Everybody wants it to be perfect before they start a business. You have to have this much money in your bank account. You have to have your business plan. It has to be approved by this person. I did talk about the lawyer and the accountant. Right. Um, but there's no time like the present. I hear that. Life is short. If there's this burning des- desire inside of you to do something, you've got to do it.
2: Mm. That's
1: your that's your purpose in life. That's, that's what God wants you to do. And he's not going to let up until you do it. I hear that. And so for me... I thought that even after doing, you know, at the Black Restaurant Week, I did the 40 under 40. That was just, he was making me very uncomfortable mm-hmm. in my day-to-day life, in, in my last uh, job. It was, and the strong vision of, you're supposed to be doing this. Right. Why do you keep clocking in and clocking out? <laughs> Let you. it go.
2: Got and you.
1: so there really wasn't a perfect moment, but the moment that I said, you know, what to my boss, I, it's time for me to leave, I I'm turning my resignation, I felt this freedom. I hear that. You know, so even if it's not you starting a business, although I know this is a startup nation, right, maybe course. it's time for you to try a new company or it's a whole new I hear road. that, absolutely. You know, don't be afraid. You know, life is short.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I hear that. No, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I have a previous episode where I talk about just uh, having an entrepreneurial mindset doesn't necessarily mean starting a business. It could absolutely. be like scaling up the corporate ladder or you whatever, whatever you define that as. So yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Who are your mentors?
1: <laughs> My mentor. Mm-hmm. I have um, one really dear mentor who who knew me way back when so uh, Russell Wigginton Dr. Russell Wigginton okay. over at Rose College okay um, He met me in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, met him at a networking event <laughs> at Tri-State Defender. Gotcha. And so, um, you know, we exchanged business cards. And, you know, I, I knew, you know, he was—he just had that look.
2: I hear that. If it,
1: somebody, I need, mean, you know, not really knowing his role and how big he was mm-hmm. at Rose. And I remember going to his office, and he had all this really cool black artwork on the wall didn't Mm -hmm. know he was an author gotcha um so i walk in his office and i'm seeing all these wars and it's just like you're bigger than life and he (laughs) hands me a copy of his book and i just really um really took in so much knowledge from him it wasn't even about okay so what can you do for me right what do you do at rose Mm -hmm. he was just pouring into me um great information about the city of Memphis, um, how he was able to come to Rose and really increase the African-American population to to bring in more students that looked like him after he graduated many years. And and so just after that one meeting, I said, I have to keep coming back. And then somewhere in there, five years later, a mentorship um, just kind of formed naturally. So he... He's somebody that just helps guide me on life, helped me to make um, really, really good decisions, um, the right people that I need to meet. And even through my journey of my career, he helped me to go from just being, you know, this professional on paper to really helping me tell my narrative. I like, that. Like, Cynthia, you have so much more to offer as a leader. You, you're not really conveying this. So he just gotcha. has guided me in a lot of different ways. Gotcha. Yeah. I
0: hear that. I hear that. Cynthia, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why?
1: My superpower, honestly, is connecting people.
0: I hear that. That that, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) I, again, because I came here only knowing one person. It's the mm-hmm. it's the uh, unfair advantage. So when I meet somebody that's in a in a unique space, or for instance, I know now about so many, so many things about you, but mm-hmm. I know that you have a podcast. So right. if I continue to meet really cool entrepreneurs, immediately I'm going to say you got to reach out to Dominic Lawson. He is the best person to meet. But um, so I see you got the check in the mail. <laughs> got the check in the mail. I appreciate that. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Um, but no, seriously. Um, I have a lot of friends that um, just have different interests. Um, matter of fact, I can tell you two people are disconnected. So. I Have a really good friend, Sharika Haim. She mm-hmm. just started a, a, a coaching business. Okay. I Have another friend who's in Charlotte, Megan Turner, who who wants to start a coaching business. I hear so that. naturally, you're talking about two different cities. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't I connect these? People? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I just feel like anybody that is kind of fresh off the boat in Memphis, mm-hmm. I just say, you know what? So what do you do? What are your interests? Right. And I just want to connect them to other people that have interests because relationships are what really help people thrive.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wish more and more people understood that. It's not going to hurt you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I know, you know, you got a lot of cool conferences and and events and stuff coming (laughs) up. You know, you got the Level Up Conference and everything else. So this is part of the show where the floor is yours to promote social media. Thank you. Uh, Any events you got coming up, promotions, the floor is yours to do exactly that.
1: Great. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I have four signature events coming up wow. in the next <laughs> three
0: months. Wow!
1: So we've got Level Up Conference and I try to create something for everybody. Level mm-hmm. Up Conference is October 13th through 14th. Really, selfishly, Level Up is about me and my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at some point we've all been to a young professional conference where we learn about branding and how to make your resume marketable, those right. kind of things. But for me, at 35, going into 37, those two years were very critical. Me figuring out what I wanted to do in life mm-hmm. with my career, finally deciding to become an entrepreneur, figuring out personally was I really happy I You know, that. with the choices that I was making. So this conference is for the entrepreneur, the person that's in their career that feels stagnant in their job, the person that feels like there's no work-life balance, like this is the session for you. Mm-hmm. I have 44 speakers. Hey, I go big, right? Uh, Yeah, that's (laughs) true. I told you I go big. And I'll go home. (laughs) Right. I'm flying in the keynote speaker, Mm -hmm. Michael Ferreira. He is the CEO of uh, Michael Ferreira Bespoke Clothing. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about Michael, he's always been an entrepreneur. He started a DJ business at 12. I hear that. (laughs) Then he was a financial advisor out of college. Now he has a clothing company working with athletes and uh, entertainers out in L.A. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he's making that transition. Another thing with entrepreneurs, I think that... We feel so stuck when we have that one business.
2: Mm, You may be
1: passionate about it for five years, but you may want to do something else. So I think that's the cool thing about him, to go from a financial advisor to owning a clothing company. I mean, there's space to do whatever you want, Mm -hmm. right? So that's going to be October 13th through 14th at the Hilton. That night, you got a party, right? You work hard. You play hard. (laughs) Um, And everybody really isn't about personal development. And that's okay. They don't want to go to a conference. So I created Elixir. Elixir. Okay. It's going to be four different rooms, Mm -hmm. six DJs, six chefs, and all kind of drink concoctions. That sounds lit. It's real lit. (laughs) And so this idea came from all the cool places I've been. I've traveled a lot. I think Atlanta, D.C. is like my comfort zone. Like when I just need Mm -hmm. to get away quickly, you know, go home or D.C., they do parties like that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to create the unexpected in Memphis, so I was able to get with Opera Memphis, one of my favorite venues. And so we have the Velvet Room, the Lit Lounge, we have the Neo Soul Lounge, and the Outdoor Cigar Lounge. Mm -hmm. It's okay for the 30 and up crowd to have a really mature, upscale time in Memphis, so I wanted to create that environment. So that will be um, October 14th from 8 to midnight at Opera Memphis. Okay. Then into uh, November, we've got uh, my second annual Top 40 Under 40 Mm -hmm. Urban League Professionals, which I really wish I could do the Top 80 (laughs) Under 40. So (laughs) many amazing people. Absolutely. We usually have about 500 nominations Mm -hmm. um, to go through. So that will be at the Hilton, uh, November 18th at uh, 6.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. I have a speaker coming from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Aaron Arnold. Okay. Aaron Arnold, cool story about him. He was on Wall Street. You know, working the American dream, Mm -hmm. you know, broker in Wall Street. He was unhappy. He said he was making all the money in the world. Right. Not happy. I think we all have that story. Absolutely. He decides to quit his job. He interns for Sean P.D.D. Combs Mm -hmm. for 18 months. Imagine going from making six figures to nothing. Right. Right. Talk about humbling, but also he took that time to really figure out what he wanted in life, and now he has a music empire in Atlanta. So really excited for him to share his story. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, I have a New Year's Eve party coming up. Okay, Partnering with Hewlett C. Britt. Um, He does a lot of cool events. He does the Marvin Gaye tribute every year, so he's a really good friend of mine. And he has that 40 to 50 crowd. I Mm -hmm. have more than 30 to 40 Ah. crowd. I remember last year, New Year's Eve was on a Saturday. Sitting on my couch bored to death. You had Bill Street. Once you do Bill Street once Right. <laughs> no. Um, you got a couple of clubs out east. I am not a clubber anymore. And mm. then you got the Peabody, very great, um, beautiful party, but I didn't really feel like that was a space I wanted to be in either. Gotcha. Right? Peabody and Bill Street, they're very extreme. That's right. And again, Atlanta DC, I'm gonna keep referring to that. Mm. They do hotel parties all the time. And so it was a challenge to find a hotel gotcha, in Memphis I admit, I bet. that would buy into the vision I was giving. But I'm going to be creating a Hollywood, old-school, glam, high-end mm-hmm. party, okay. cocktail attire where you come in. And then I'm a, I'm a big Jay-Z fan. My favorite album is American Gangsta. So uh, you see the theme there. Okay. So it's going to be themed after that album. We're going to have a couple of tracks that are going to be playing at that um, with the live band. Have a rapper come in. Not Jay-Z. I don't have a Jay-Z budget. Mm-hmm. But it'll still be cool. <laughs> we all need a Jay-Z budget.
0: Oh, all. Just, just a, a, a 1%. Right. <laughs> right. Just 1% Jay-Z 1%, budget. Right. That's all.
1: Um, But it's going to be a really fly party. So, mm-hmm. again, you come in from 9 to 2 a.m. You know, you... you you have a good time, you, you drink adult beverages, you eat, and then you go up to your room and chill. Right. And it's out east, mm-hmm. away from downtown. Right. Because for me, I don't do congestion, crazy yeah, parking,
2: yeah, crazy that.
1: people. So right. again, my thing is about creating um, what's needed for our community. Mm-hmm. So those are my four events, and you can find them all on Eventbrite. Mm-hmm. You put in Cynthia Daniels Co. And um, I definitely would love to have you and your wife at any of those events if you absolutely, all absolutely are available. And I would love to also give away some passes to Startup Nation. Um, okay. So I don't know how you go, you can reach out to them, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm as I'm, I'm moving my hands like you get a pass, you get a pass, <laughs> right. you get a pass to we'll, level up.
0: We'll, we'll definitely figure something out. And sure. Startup Nation, all those uh, all those events and stuff will be are there in the show notes for easy access, and also. Uh, Cynthia Daniels' social media credentials will be there as well. And we'll figure out the past thing as far as like uh, online or something like that. So okay, we'll perfect. definitely do that. So as we wrap up the show, any part advice for an entrepreneur and Startup Nation? Anything you want to throw out there? Any last little nugget? I would love to. Every day is not perfect. I hear that.
1: Every day. There are days where I'm like, where, how do I get a job? <laughs> I'm going back. Um, But you have to be present in the moment. Know that there is no freedom like owning your own business. I hear that. Let me tell you the, my favorite thing about being an entrepreneur. Sometimes I wake up, I don't know what day of the week it is. Because I, mm. I, I allow my body some days to just naturally wake up when it wants to. Right. I'm, I'm not always going to get up at 4 a.m. Because gotcha. sometimes you're tired. Right. But when you can just wake up and do whatever you want to do, there's there's peace in that. Mm -hmm. There's beauty in that. Absolutely. But you have to pay the price. So every day is not going to be perfect. There are days where, ooh, I don't know how this bill (laughs) is going to get paid. We need a building fund. Right. (laughs) There's a fish place on the corner. (laughs) Right. But you have to remember your why. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So that's going to conclude this episode of The Startup Life. Did you enjoy it? I had a ball. Thank you for allowing me to come. Thanks for the check. I had a good time. i good. Thank you so much. All right, startup nation. So here's my final take. Cynthia Daniels is one of my favorite entrepreneurs because she understands the value of building relationships, the value of building a rapport with not only a prospective client, but with prospective partners as well. She understands that as long as you're able to pour into people, people will be willing to pour back into you. And that's why I believe Cynthia Daniels and company will go very far in this city and beyond. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show, send us an email using the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, The Startup Life.